0: welcome back to another exciting episode of Batman in quarantine episode 5 where we're talking about Batman 658 it's a new week here at Batman in quarantine so uh, I know it was an awkward spot to end last week with only one lingering issue in this uh, in this Batman run but we did it that way and here we are on Monday and we get to finally close out the first arc of Batman in Sun. Of course, by Grant Morrison. This issue, art by Andy Kubert. Kubert. This issue. It wraps up the the first dark like we were saying. And we have globetrotted at this point. We've started in Gotham. We've gone to London. We've gone back to Gotham. We're gonna head to the the garrison at Gibraltar, which we'll learn about today. Um, But we've been all over with this Grand Morse run, so let's just get through this issue in broad strokes, and then we'll pick it apart. Um, We start the issue with Bruce finding the beaten and battered body of Tim after everyone's favorite little brother, Damien, had his way with him. Uh, then we have Bruce and Damien head off, after making a quick pit stop, to a place called Gibraltar to meet up with Talia al Ghul and have the final head off um, for what has, has been coming for these four issues. The issue is strong... Uh- I would say not quite hitting the highs of issue one or three but it sort of follows the routine of a sort of strong expositional issue followed by one that's got a lot of action and larger beats. I would say that because this series has been jumping all over the place there are moments like that have been happening so far that here that that can be a little bit hard to track but uh, I think that if you're willing to do a little bit extra work it all does seem to fit together. The issue does start with Talia al Ghul using the bat serum that she has gotten from Kirk Langstrom to turn a bunch of her uh, additional assassins into the crazy man bat assassin. I guess at this point, you know, who who is stopping with just an assassin? They've got to be able to turn into bats at this point. Uh, bat ninja terrorism. It's on the rise. Everyone, uh, we were worried about pandemics, but we really need to be worried about our giant, several hundred pound bat assassins. What I thought was, we, we we mentioned this briefly in the previous episode, Justin and I, but in the following page, Batman is running to see Tim Drake's body between two glass cases just abused by Damien, who clearly broke into one of the cases, stole a Robin outfit out of it, but only the top half of it, because on Tim Drake's laying body here... Damien did make sure to leave the green underpants of the old Robin uniform on Tim Drake. I'm not sure if that's just like a stylistic power play that Damien is trying to make or just an assassin school known be wearing flamboyant underwear on the outside of their costume. There's some some fun ways that we could look at that. We could also say that it's kind of a, a harsh way in which Damien is rejecting the more colorful positive aspects of Robin and is actually just taking the, the tunic from the top that doesn't really leave as much colorful flamboyancy. Um, you could look at it either way you want, but you know, it speaks to the fact that Tim Tim is still laying on the floor, huddled under some green underwear. Uh, After that, we have Batman, who goes to rescue Alfred, who we know has been locked in a room. Damien locked him there after cracking the code for the locked room by looking at which finger buttons Alfred had pushed. Alfred then takes uh, Tim Drake's body down into the cave to do some of that classic nursing that Alfred is just a total pro at. Thank you, Alfred, for always bandaging our wounds. You're a hero. And then we've got Batman, who now needs to go off and solve this, this grand scheme, the problem of Talia al Ghul and the bats that have appeared in this. And as he takes off, Robin offers to help. He really, really wants to, which Batman replies, you almost killed Robin. Like, I'm not going to let you help me, but he really wants to come. And ultimately, he says that it's he really can't leave him alone. So um, Robin comes with him as they take off, but... Robin, in Robin in the form of uh, Damien, in an attempt to be helpful, has tried to tell Batman, who is basically solving this problem of where Talia al Ghul is, in an attempt to be useful, Damien says, yeah, she's at Gibraltar, she wants the garrison at Gibraltar. That... Uh, maybe my own just lexical limitations, I had no idea what the garrison at Gibraltar was Um, where Gibraltar is, is garrison a person, so upon doing some legwork, garrison is a term that refers to a body of troops, Gibraltar is a place so um, Batman says she wants something from Great Britain in exchange for the life of the Prime Minister's wife and I think I know what it is, she wants the garrison at Gibraltar That motivation isn't incredibly clear to me. Uh, It it sounds like she wants to just take out a fleet of soldiers um, at at Gibraltar in, in a retaliation attempt. I guess that's just, you know, Talia terrorist motivation tactics. That's the kind of thing that I don't get super hung up on or worry too much about knowing about. Oftentimes, I can just sort of let the the political aspirations of a villain simmer in the back of my mind and focus on the character's immediate goals. That might be a shortcoming in my reading. But as Bruce and Damien head out in an... Uh, s- specifically retro looking Batmobile so it's not the Batmobile that Damien uncovered in the previous episode that Batman has been working on this is a more classic big finned bat on the hood Batmobile I think highlighting the kind of Batman and Robin out on an adventure again uh, moment that we're having right here on their way to the garrison at Gibraltar, which just sort of rolls off the tongue at this point, they stop by Kirk Langstrom's house, whose wife uh, is kind of yelling at him as he is mixing some co- uh, concoction of, of chemicals, where he says he's working on his potions and his serums, and his wife is saying, "Like your potions and serums have gotten us into this horrible mess. She's about to throw it out, and Batman says, sorry to interrupt, but don't throw, out, throw that away yet. Uh, we need your help, Dr. Langstrom. We don't immediately see what what happens there. Is that a cure to the Man-Bat serum? Is it just a serum so that Batman can use it? That's an instance of Morrison uh, showing and not telling. Something happens there, and then we jump to, ultimately, a conversation Damien and Bruce are having from the grounds of Wayne Manor as a statue recedes and a light is expelled from beneath it. He says, brace yourself, Damien. What we realize is happening is that that is the launch pad of a pretty dope Bat-rocket that Batman and Damien fly out of on their way overseas to Gibraltar. And what I really liked in this issue was the sequence that plays out right here, which is mostly a conversation between Batman and Damien. I think it's the heart of this issue. It starts off with Damien saying, you have a rocket. He says, I have a lot of stuff that nobody knows. And ultimately what they're going to be doing is your classic Batman halo jump. High altitude, low orbit ships where you can go up into the atmosphere and drop down. So they're going to fly up real, real high and drop down on where Talia's goons are. But right before they do that, there is a moment that I like. It's Batman. He says, are you sure you can handle this? To which Demian whips out his patented which is you know the Damien sound effect and I love it Um, where he he claims that he made his first halo dive when he was this high gesturing to his waist I like that kind of spin on Batman's demeanor like he's he's clearly working towards trying to find a way to have a relationship in any form with Damien at first he was trying to be friendly that didn't work then in the previous issue he went pretty aggro on him and was going um, way of the master sensei on him and kind of shaming him. He does that a little bit here is like sure you can handle this. What I like is that Damien responds to that. He, he he kind of sees Batman's uh, demeanor as a challenge. And that seems to be Batman finding a way that he can talk to Damien without it being immediately batted back and without it being like an unhealthy shaming dynamic. It's not necessarily the most positive father-son communication, but it is it's an instance of, you know, Batman is still finding a way to do that. And that's Morrison in a non-direct way saying that Batman is kind of trying to solve this puzzle of how to react with his son. Right after that, Damian asks, uh, what was your father like? Was he tough? And Batman's response is, no, he was just a good man. He was a doctor. I think that that is another really cool uh, a way of for Batman to be showing the importance of goodness. Like his greatest influence is goodness in the form of his father. And that's a role that Damian really doesn't have in his life anywhere. Batman then specifies, I was nothing like you when I was your age. And Damian responds, I know. I know everything about you. And Batman says, well, you didn't know about the rocket. So I, I like, again, that's that really human person-to-person ribbing that Grant Morrison is great at writing. But I also really like that moment because Damien is asking Batman questions to which he seems to already know the answer. Damien knows who Thomas Wayne is, who you know Bruce Wayne's influences are, but... Eh, you can never really, I don't think, beat out a, a child the desire to know one's parents or if they didn't have their parents to, to, to feel like they're relating. So even though he knows the answers to these questions, he still wants to be asking his father them to see what comes out of it. We're then taken to Talia Al Ghul talking to the outpost that's at Gibraltar, and she does clarify a little bit what's going on. She says that her father, Raish has always had a soft spot for Gibraltar. He considers it the perfect tactical outpost, so she wants to have all of the troops there taken out. And if they're not going to stand down, she'll just kill him with her super sweet bat terrorist assassin ninjas. And there's this, uh, just a two-page spread of her submarine raising from the ocean, the bat assassins going to the Gibraltar, and there's straight up a woman's head taken off. Uh, you know, like a head usually on a body. This woman's head, not so. Um, seems a pretty... A pretty ballsy move for DC to, to show a, a dismembered head being hacked off by a bat ninja, but I guess um, Andy Kubert's name or Morrison's name is big enough that they didn't question it too much. Batman and Robin again, they show up on these boats, they start taking down all of these different bat ninjas. Batman is able to clarify to Talia Al Ghul that Kirk Langstrom is now consulting with the British Army on anti-man bat tactics as they speak What we can infer from that is that Batman showed up at Kirk Langstrom's house and said, hey, you shouldn't get rid of that potion yet. Also, you know, now work with the government to stop this plan, giving him an opportunity to correct the wrong that he had done in giving this uh, serum out. So that's another kind of classically Morrison instance at this point of not getting resolution to something that happened earlier in the issue, but then having the answer given to you it can sometimes feel like you're just skating forward without as much information as you should have, but again, I've always really trusted Morrison. I don't know that I did when I was going through this the first time, but at this point in my life, when I don't immediately have an answer apparent to me, I trust that it'll come up later. That's an instance of it happening here. And the motivation that we find that Talia Al Ghul has is that She knew that Damien was gonna give this information up to Bruce or that Bruce would use his detective powers because he's the beloved detective to track down Talia as it was and it wasn't that she wanted Damien to go and sabotage all of his plans she wanted to have this moment where the three of them were brought back together and give Batman the opportunity to reform her I think that's a really interesting and surprising bit to that relationship like Talia and Raish or Roz, if you like, are definitely not villains in their head. And I guess that that's great writing, is that no villain is, is ever a villain. They're the hero, hero of their own story. And in here, she really wants the redemption of getting back together with Bruce and raising Damien together. And to reform her... But, in her own language, Reformation wouldn't be being a good guy or a good lady or you know saving the world she She really wants to have an empire still, and she and Bruce would be ruling from this throne, and they would have the the world's most dangerous and brilliant child at their side. Again, that's not a thing Batman wants, whether it's because he's not really emotionally stable enough to have a secure relationship, because he wouldn't know how to be a father, because she used the word ruling a lot, but obviously that proposition is something that Bruce bats down. He says that was a long time ago. He doesn't want to go back to that life. She predicted that. Batman freaks out. He says human lives are not games and some missiles, presumably from the the UK, you know, the the, the people whose troops she was killing. They shoot a missile at the boat that they were on. And the last thing that we see is Damien in the reflection of the water yelling mother and diving at her in what we would assume is an attempt to save her. The boat explodes and there is no one found in the wreckage. We just see Batman looking at what is the tattered hood of Damien. His costume his poorly designed costume okay that's our that's our run through of that issue I think some interesting things to note about it is that that was a four issue arc and this came out in two thousand six and we're in two thousand twenty and at this point in comics it seems like there's really no issue arcs that are not written for a trade so that means usually five to six issues at a time. Interesting, I would say that this is still in that early phase of getting towards writing for the trade, which is, you know, the industry standard at this point. Four issues at a time. I think that's probably a good decision because I still think there's a lot of people who have polarized feelings about Grant Morrison's run. It's an interesting end to this particular arc because it is leaving Batman with the uncertainty of. Is Damien still alive? They really didn't get far into exploring that relationship. It seems like a status quo was in the early stages of being set up, and then the rug was sort of pulled out from under our feet, and now it's gonna be like, what, Batman just going back to Gotham, thinking about that one time he had a son for a little bit. At the same time, I do think it's well plotted because it it introduces a key element to what this run is going to be and then removes it and allows Batman to sort of gestate the idea or incubate what is going to be happening. I really like a writer who will do just that, sort of introduce a key thing and let it become status quo and then shift it. It makes it feel like you're not just caught up in a, uh, the momentum of a story that's moving quickly and you're just sort of along for the ride. This gives it more of a, I like when there's that you know like that Twin Peaks feeling of an episode coming out and then a week comes out between the next one and you're online reading about it or questioning who's got theories on blogs and and this does that sort of thing it it allows the reader to wonder what's going to happen instead of having it immediately shown to you. I think that that type of writing is one of the things I love so much about Graham Morrison is that he allows the reader to have a little bit more of their own relationship with a story. He doesn't shove a thing down the throat. He he trusts that the reader will do something information or interesting informationally in their head with with what he's doing. Kind of like how when a novelist jumps to comic books and will oftentimes just kind sort of over overwrite the script, not realizing they need to trust the artist to tell the story. I think Grant Morrison considers the reader to be an active part of the collaboration that a comic book is, and uh, to that end, he he's not gonna flood, if you will, the, the, the mind of the reader. I guess that's kind of the stuff I've, I've got for this one. It, it there was a lot of motion in this story. There was a lot of action sequences, but there was still the great sequence of Bruce and Damien in the the sort of humorous jet that that served as the heart of this issue. And in the conversation that Talia Ghul has later on, When Batman doesn't give in to what she wants, she says this is going to be war and it's your doing. And that's a thing that definitely follows up years later in in this same run as Incorporated happens. So uh, another another great issue. I'm really excited to get to tomorrow's episode um, because we have a wonderful special guest for one of the most challenging issues of the run. So I look forward to seeing you all there for that one. Um, I want to thank everybody who's with us still at this point. I want to thank all of my regular guests, and I'm really excited for tomorrow's guest. And besides that, uh, we'll see you tomorrow for the next episode of Batman in Quarantine. That'll be episode six. That's issue 663. See you tomorrow, everybody. Thanks.